Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Dad, this is a family-friendly podcast. Join us for new episodes every Tuesday morning as we talk about life, leadership, and living the faith. If you have questions, welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast community. Just hit subscribe to that button, and if you don't like the podcast, it's totally fine. Subscribe, find the link to the email, I'll get you a link to the gym. Have a great day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number four and a half of the Punch and Preacher Podcast. It is good to have you with us today. I know we need to get like a half episode to fill that up, right? Because the feedback I'm getting for this is really fun, but uh, to each his own. So today we want to talk about something, and this means a lot to me, and I'm going to roll more information out on this. At some point through the podcast, I will be developing what's called a master class, and I'm going to have one targeted more for business and leadership. I'm going to have one targeted more for personal growth and development and some things that you might want to do. So we'll have a lot of coaching and life coaching opportunities through this. Uh, for now, though, there's, there's something I want to introduce to you. And I want to bring it to you because it hit hard for me in life. And this was a very catalytic moment for me. That word will be big. I'm, I'm plugging that intentionally. Um, it's a big part for me, but I want it to be something that's special to you. And I want it to be something that you just take and chew on, right? So the stuff from this episode is something I just want to be in the back of your mind gnawing at you with this. And here's what I want you to understand. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. Everybody has a starting point. Everybody has a point of which your story grows and your story blossoms. And everybody has a part where you get stuck. It's fine. It's okay. It's part of life. Sometimes you just get stuck. And then sometimes we have a point where things aren't looking good and we start to slide back and things start falling apart. And it just wasn't what it was back in the glory days and whatever else. And then we have a point of death. Everybody has a story. Every story has a pattern, has a cycle. It's true. Do you know that they actually tested, of all stories ever written, of all stories ever written, philosophy itself comes up and it says that there's only eight possible ways the story can go. Of, of the thousands, if not millions, of movies and TV shows and books and everything that exists, there are only eight actual stories that can be told and retold and reshared, right? Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. What is your journey? What are you trying to accomplish? What wakes you up in the morning? What's the last thing on your mind when you go to bed at night? Some of you, that might be a relationship and someone who just is, is just the bee's knees, right? Someone that you, just, you, you start there, okay? What's the end goal with this? Sometimes it's a business idea. What's the end goal with this? Envision the end, right? We, we've talked about that. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a journey. Imagine with me, if you will, that everything has a life cycle. And if you want to be successful in life, it's all going to be predicated on how you manage your life cycle. How are you managing your plan, your battle plan, your game plan, your strategy? How are you doing this? Well, I want to walk you through this here. I originally, uh, when I was doing my doctoral work, one of the things that I wanted to do was I really thought counseling was going to be it for me. I really wanted to get into the world of counseling. Uh, as a pastor, I was doing a ton of it. I was doing premarital counseling. I was doing marital counseling. Uh, a lot of mental health, a lot of depression work, uh, a lot of personal goals and life and business goals. And I was just kind of in that world. It's general stuff. But as I walked through that, I really wanted to do some next level research there. And I sat down and I talked to everybody and they said, well, first of all, you're not going to make any money doing this profession. And so that kind of got to me a little bit. My cats have goals and, and those goals are attacking each other. You might hear that. Um, 
But they said, you know, here, here's where you're going to be at, like pay scale wise. And then here's what this looks like. And I started doing some interviews with some guys who were counselors and some gals who were counselors. And I just thought, you know, this, this might not be for me. So I kind of backed out of that. But I wanted to pursue doctoral work. And so I got into more of a leadership focused thing. So it's church leadership. It's small business, nonprofit leadership, all things being a leader. So at the doctoral level in seminary, uh, a lot of these seminaries are kind of non-denominational, right? So they just, they include a lot of people from different church backgrounds. So week one of the program, night one of the program, they sit you down, it's a Sunday night, and they typically say, hey, here's how your next week is going to be, because it's like a week-long intensive of classes. And they say, listen, um, we got Baptists in the room, we got Methodists in the room, we got Presbyterians in the room, Pentecostals. Uh, we got everybody, right? I think the only ones we're missing were Catholics uh, at that point. <laughs> My cats have goals. You're going to hear a bell. Sorry. <laughs> we're real professional here, right? So they say, listen, this is this is what it's going to be. You're, you're just going to have an eclectic grouping of people. So by this point, we've all got our theology, our beliefs established. We're just focused on leadership. And so we, we sit down and there were uh, professors from, I believe one was a uh, Presbyterian and then one was, I want to say a Methodist. I might be wrong on that, but uh, they were two professors teaching us as man and woman. And they sit us down and they say, hey, this is the most important thing you're going to hear throughout your entire seminary program. So take notes. So I get my laptop out and I'm ready to look all impressive. I have my little coffee because you're not like a good seminary student if you don't have a cup of coffee or whatever, which by the way, at the time I hated coffee, so I just don't mind with Mountain Dew. Um, they're really trying to make a point. So at any rate, I get everything down and we're, we're ready to take notes and she walks up to the board and she writes six dots up on its marker board. And she turns around and she says, this is the most important thing you will learn at this degree. I'm sitting here thinking, well, like, what about Jesus? We're at seminary. And she's like, you already know about Jesus. Okay, fair point. And so she says, this is it. She says, everything has a story, right? Your story is a journey. Your story is a narrative. And what makes life special is whenever your story collides with somebody else's story and you decide, my stuff and your stuff, we can work together. We can pair with this. We're going to be a good pair in life. Let's build something together. Let's, let's share our stories together. That's marriage and relationships, that's business, that's whether it's church, it's family, it's kids, it's it's everything is predicated on how do stories collide. She says everything has a story. You have a life cycle to your story, which means that you have a beginning, you have a point in the season of growth, you have a time in life where you're plateaued and stuck. Are you feeling that one? And then you have a period where you decline and you have a period of death. This is the story of life. It's the story of relationships. It's the story of marriages. It's the story of parent-children uh, relationships. It's the story of business and life. It's the story of neighborhoods, cities, sports teams. We're still waiting on the Browns to hit that point of growth, but like that's a whole other thing, right? Um, everything has a life cycle. So what does your life cycle look? So she has her six dots, and she says, here's a point of genesis, right? This is the, the moment that we leave, and, and we weren't saying that because it was churchy. Just genesis is a beginning. And then you're growing, and so we have a point of growth. We have a season of that. And then the season of plateau starts at one point when growth begins to slow down, and the plateau is a plateau, right? So it just flatlines. For a long time until finally that plateau eventually will wear out but when a plateau wears out it becomes decline it never really unless you do something huge we'll talk about in a minute it doesn't really grow it just becomes something bigger so that plateau declines and then you have a season of decline where you start to say things like it isn't like it was when we first met 
It isn't like it was when we first started this church. It isn't what it was when we first started this business. It isn't what it was and what it used to be when we were back in this gym and such and such date. It isn't what it was until so-and-so came by. When you start talking about yesteryear more than you're talking about tomorrow, you got a problem. You got a problem. And then finally, that period of decline, if you don't do anything about it, it hits a season of death where everything dies, whether it's you physically die, your goals die, your dreams die, relationships die. How do you stop this from happening? So if I start something and my story is important to me, how do I continue this in such a way that my relationships won't die, where they won't decline, where I won't even get stuck? How do I do this? How do I keep my business from getting stuck and dying? How do I get anything in life for where I'm stuck and dying, right? Your story is all about one word, and that one word is the catalyst. What is it that's catalytic in your life that can change your story? Right? So if you want to be successful in life, in relationships, in business, you're always going to stay ahead of the curve. Well, where do we get the curve? From this life cycle, right? So if you want to stay ahead of the curve, I have to plan ahead. So before I even plateau, I've got to think ahead. So I want you to be strategic about your life. I want you to imagine your life. I want you to envision the end. But now I want you to paint the details along the way. I want you to think of what it's going to be like in your life to be successful. If you've started something and now it's growing, how can you make the necessary changes before you even get stuck? Successful people make changes in their life before they're stuck because they're always thinking ahead. You're thinking ahead in two words, macro level, micro level. You're thinking ahead, big steps, small steps. So how can I put in my life change before I even need change? You're in a relationship. Things are going great. You want things to continue to go great. Stay away from the rut. Don't let it get stuck. Don't, don't stuck it, right? Stay away from that. How can I do this? So I have to think, okay, this is where I am. This is where I want to go. This is how I think I'm going to get there, which usually never really happens the way you envision it. But I have my big picture in mind. I have my little picture. How can I continually put myself in an area where I am developing as I grow? I am changing small changes as I'm growing. I'm making the necessary decisions so that I don't get stuck. Because you need the catalyst. The catalyst is the thing that changes you. It's like your mulligan, your blow it up tool, right? Where I'm, I'm here in my relationship, starting to get stale a little bit. I don't want to end it. We just need to reboot. We need to restart the computer. We need to restart the phone. We need, to, we need the catalyst to get this thing changed. So here I am. I'm coming through this. How do I fix this moment? Catalyst. So if it's before your plateau, I don't have to blow up a lot. I just got to change a little bit. I just got to blow up a little bit because I'm on top of it. I'm responsible. I'm being a steward. It's it's moving this investment here. It's it's changing how I approach this situation in my relationship. It's maybe small changes in how we communicate. It's, it's just changes in goals or whatever. Let's say you don't do that and now you're stuck. You're plateaued. Your relationship's stuck. Your business is stuck. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. Now you're stuck. Well, how do I do that? Well, now the catalyst has got to be bigger. Because if you're stuck and you're in a rut, you got to blow up the rut, which means the dynamite by which you blow this up has to be just a little bit bigger. Now I got to make a bigger change in my relationship. I got to make a bigger change in the way I communicate and the way they communicate with us back and forth. We, we, we've got to work that out. I've got to make bigger changes. Let's say you fail at that and now you're at the end of a plateau. You've been in a rut for a long time. <coughs> Eventually there will be a season of decay and you're going to start to fall down a little bit more and here's the thing that stinks is however long it took you to build whatever it is you've built up and however long you were in a rut when you plateaued 
you are going to decline quickly. The yesteryear was better, it's right around the corner for a lot of us. And we're just a few bad decisions away from thinking yesterday is better than what tomorrow can bring. You need a bigger catalyst. And the closer to death, the more you've got to blow stuff up to make it work. And that's hard. Oh my goodness, is it hard. But it's necessary. So I want to ask you a question. What is your story? What are your goals? And how are you communicating that? And there's a few things that are going to keep you out of this. Always be forward thinking. Always be forward thinking. And always be forward thinking. Big picture, little picture. Now, the big picture probably won't change for you and I. There might be maybe some little things that change in that, but not much. It's the little steps along the way that I always have to think. What's my next, like, three steps ahead? It is, it is said in war that good leaders are seven steps ahead of their followers. Bad leaders are eight steps ahead of their followers because then they're going to be seen as the enemy and too far away and get shot. So how can I just be a couple steps ahead? I'm always proverbially in the pattern of challenging myself. I'm always in the proverbial pattern of challenging my relationships. I'm always in the pattern of challenging whatever I'm in. Always, always, always in self-reflection. If you are always challenging yourself, if you are correcting yourself before other people can get on your case, you will win. If you are always putting yourself under scrutiny with yourself and others, surround yourself with people who love you enough to tell you the hard things and say, listen, you're not getting it done. Listen, you can do harder. Listen, cut this out of your life. Cut that person out of your life. Cut that situation out of your life. Some of us, cut that substance out of your life. Whatever it is, if you surround yourself with good people who help you challenge yourself and you are always in the habit of challenging yourself, then you can have the catalyst better. You can be more successful in your life, in your relationships, in your business. You can be more successful if you're walking in a spirit of humility, challenging yourself, surrounding yourself with people who will challenge you. I promise you this. You are only as successful as the average of people you surround yourself with. It's true. You are only as successful as the average of people you surround yourself with. If you have in your life somebody who is a millionaire and you have in your life someone who is an absolute couch potato and both of them are pouring into your life, you're the average of both. Which sounds great because like, oh, I could be half a million. No, 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 no. You're not committed to excellence. Surround yourself. You want to grow? You want to grow in your relationships? You want to grow in your business? You want to grow in your leadership? You want to become a better version of yourself? Live in a spirit of always challenging yourself because it's those small steps, those micro details, that's where change happens. That's where you become a better person. That's where self-improvement happens. Whenever I'm just challenging myself in a little bit because if pride is there, pride's going to tell you, you're good. You're good. Oh, you're fine, man. Hey, nothing wrong with you. Those people are crazy. You do you. Pride will get you killed. Pride is the poison of success. Arrogance, ego, personal agenda, I promise you, they are the cancer of success. You want to blow up your relationship? Be prideful and arrogant. You want to blow up your business? Be prideful and arrogant. You want to blow up your life? Be prideful and arrogant. You want to succeed in life? Humble yourself. Challenge yourself. Push yourself. Put people around you who are not yes men, but that they will tell you the truth whether they like you enough. Put someone in your life who will love you enough to tell you the truth who can literally say, that sucked. That decision was sucked. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. Put people in your life who are brave enough and love you enough to tell you the truth. But if you want to be successful in life, it's all about that growth in incremental stages where you don't even need to get to a point that you're stuck because you're always 
reassessing. Your catalyst is just ongoing. I had a car when I first started driving. It was a little itty bitty car. Here's how small this car was. One day I was at McDonald's with my football team and we were, like before the game, we were eating a very nutritious meal at McDonald's. And uh, I had to go to the bathroom, so I go back in the bathroom, and when I come out from the bathroom, my car was in the back of some of the, uh, another player's truck. I, I don't know what truck it was at the time, because I was more focused on the fact that they picked my car up and put it in the back of a truck. It was a 1984 Nissan Sentra. It was yellow, and I couldn't turn left, because if I would turn left, my carburetor, My carburetor had a cockroach in it, and it was blocking off the flow of fuel. So there was about a month I couldn't even turn left in this car, which made for a really interesting driving experience, mind you. That car had one noise, and it made noise a lot. And the noise that that car made was from its catalytic converter. There was a pan on the top of it, and it just kept rattling. And no matter how much we tried to fix it, it just kept rattling. So we fixed it by welding a copper wire coat hanger <laughs> around it to keep it from making this horrible, horrible noise. Catalytic converter. It's always changing over, always processing, always changing, always processing. What What is your catalytic converter? What is the life of humility we've chosen to live? Here's the thing. If you want to be successful in your marriages, your relationships, your businesses, personal goals, weight room goals, fitness goals, competition goals. If you want to be successful, keep pride at the door. <clears throat> keep pride at the door. Keep pride at the door. There's only so much you can fill your cup with. Fill it with humility. Fill it with humility. Always change by challenging yourself. If you are equally your biggest coach and your biggest critic, you're going to win at life. You're going to win at relationships. If you can get mad at yourself before your significant other gets mad at you, you've already won. Your relationships are already going to be healthy. If you can get mad at yourself before a business partner comes in and says, hey, you screwed that up, you're good. Before a client comes in and says, hey, I have a complaint, you're good. Be mad at yourself first. Be humble first. Be humble. Be hungry. As you're growing and you're changing that catalytic converter, that piece, you're always challenging, always seeking change, always seeking betterment, always seeking improvement. Now you're humble, man, then be hungry. And that's where the savage part, a spiritual, sophisticated savage comes in. Now you're here, right? But you've got to start by being humble and then move on to the hungry. This is where you want to stick yourself. You want to stick yourself, be humble, then be hungry and you're never gonna plateau, and you won't see the decline. And if you see the plateau and decline, be more humble, be more hungry. Increase the urgency of both. That's how we win at life. That's how your relationship gets fixed, because you're humble. Before that person can say, hey, this hurt me, you know, I, I'm sorry I hurt that. Own it. Be humble, be hungry. Unstick yourself in life. See you next week, guys. Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Dad, this is a family-friendly podcast. Join us for new episodes every Tuesday morning as we talk about life, leadership, and living the faith. 
If you have questions, welcome to the Punch and Preacher podcast community. Just hit subscribe to that button. And if you don't like the podcast, it's totally fine. Subscribe, find the link to the email. I'll get you a link to the gym. Have a great day.